3: Welcome to the Sooner Sports
4: Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We are joined by Toby Roland, the voice of the Sooners, who is off a what what's the total round trip to Indianapolis?
3: Uh, you mean in hours? It's like 10 and a half each way, so 20. 20- <laughs> 21 hours. Something like that. So you
4: spent about a day on the road to cover the Oklahoma Sooners in the NCAA tournament. But hey, you were right. By the way, I don't know if you've patted yourself on the back, but you said, you know, this team's going to play at least three more games whenever they enter the Big 12 tournament, and you were right. But man, take us back. What was the experience like? How different was it? I mean, just a whole new world in a lot of ways, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was certainly different than a normal ncaa tournament obviously uh i think there were some things about it that were pretty cool that maybe they will look to adopt going forward or at least think about i mean having everybody at one site you could never do that with 68 teams at full capacity obviously it's just not enough uh hotel rooms to pull off something like that but maybe a sweet 16 or an elite eight or something like that to have everybody in one city is, is pretty cool. I mean, it was pretty neat to see we, we parked three blocks away from Lucas oil stadium on Saturday night. And from the car to the, or to the stadium, I bet we saw 30 or 40 different sweatshirts of different teams. And uh, that was pretty neat just to have everybody in one location. So, Uh, I think going forward, you know, maybe that's something they look into, but uh, no, it was a, it was a unique experience. Indianapolis did a great job. I think the NCAA under uh, some conditions that they hope they never have to uh, deal with again. I hope all of us never have to deal with again. Did a, did a really good job. And uh, fortunately the Sooners got a win, wish they had gotten two, but Uh, It was very nice to get past Missouri and and move into the second round there.
4: Let's uh, just real quick start there, the Missouri game. I thought, I saw from start to finish, it was a great game. I really did. I watched it amongst Sooner fans in the first half, and then I listened to you and Kevin for the second half, and it was, I mean, that was a brilliantly played foul late in that game as far as the (laughs) time on the clock and how it worked out. But I just thought that was a really fun game.
3: Yeah, it was. That was a good – it was an 8-9 game that, that felt like it. You yeah. Know? Uh, we looked at them statistically going in, and they were almost identical statistically. And then after a half of basketball, you'd go, well, I see why. I mean, they are very, very similar basketball teams. I think Missouri had a one-point lead at halftime and back and forth. There were runs in the second half. But that was a good game. It was fun to see those uniforms on the floor – together the old big eight and big 12 rivals back together and Oklahoma made the big shots late I mean that's that's what the story of this season's been in the final three or four minutes who makes the the big shots to win it and he came out of that last media timeout OU you up one and Brady Manick hits a three get the ball back Elijah Harkless hits a, a jumper from the elbow and then uh and then Austin Reeves kept going to the free throw line and Barry in free throws, and uh, it was enough to win it. Drew Smith. I uh, tried his hardest to uh, put us into an extra period, but uh, Elijah Harkless committed the smart foul. Jalen Hill, I thought, played outstanding in place of Davion Harmon, and it was great to get a win over those guys.
4: And then uh, I think we learned on Monday that uh, even though – I mean, I thought Oklahoma played a great game. There's just this, you know, uh, maybe the most overused phrase I've had this year, this other level that – gonzaga seems to be on right now and the sooners we knew they were gonna have to play a perfect game they played pretty well but uh gonzaga wasn't missing a beat uh, especially late in that game
3: no they're good they're really good i i think um you know we're something could happen but i think we're probably headed for a gonzaga baylor national championship game it certainly appears that those are the two best teams to me uh gonzaga was great I, i think going in i felt like maybe three Sooners need to have a special day and, and Gonzaga needs to be off its game a bit. They need to be discombobulated. Oklahoma needs to figure out a way to take them off schedule. And the Sooners got two guys to have special days. Austin Reeves was outstanding. I thought Alondis Williams was as good as he's been in a Sooner uniform. Uh, couldn't quite find that third guy. You know, Brady hit that first three of the game and he thought, all right, we're going to have another big day from Brady and he didn't score again. Uh, uh, they had Emoja Gibson hit two early threes and you thought, all right, here's going to, Emoja's going to have one of those five or six three pointer games. He didn't hit another one. So they didn't get that third guy and they really never got Gonzaga out of sorts. Uh, I thought maybe when Corey Kispert got in foul trouble in the first half, And had to go to the bench. You know, maybe we'll see them get a little wobbly here with their leading scorer out. But they didn't. They didn't miss a beat. They uh, they kept going to Drew Timmy. He was a monster. Oklahoma never really found an answer for him. Uh, Kirk Wet played very good defense off the bench. He had five blocked shots in the game. OU had eight. But man, Timmy kept getting kept getting points and rebounds against them. And uh, now they're good. I mean, sometimes you gotta. Just tip your cap and say, that's a really good basketball team. And Gonzaga's never won a national championship. I think there's a chance that changes this year.
4: All right, so then uh, one final thought here from a a Hoops perspective before we we get into a little baseball. And then obviously you talked to Sherry Cole on your radio show this morning. We're going to wrap up the podcast with her today. And I I talked with Lindsey Elam, and she's coming up next. But before we get there, Toby, let's really fast forward. A lot of unknowns for this team next year, right? I mean, I feel pretty yeah. good about Davion Harmon being back and Emoja Gibson, and we'll see about E.J. Harkless. I would assume he's going to be back, but uh, this is uh, going to be a little bit of a different look for the Sooners in twenty twenty two 2021-2022.
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, seniors are given – everybody's given an extra year of eligibility this year right. if they want it, but uh, I don't know who's going to take advantage of that. Uh, if anyone, I think Kirk Queth has indicated that uh, he will be moving on and, and attempting to play professional basketball after this year. Um, I, I assume that uh, he's going to stand by that decision. But beyond that, I don't know. it's just It, it does leave uh, Lon Kruger and his coaching staff and the, and the program just kind of holding their breath here over the next couple of weeks while those decisions are made by a large pack of seniors, Austin Reeves, Alondis Williams, Brady Manick. Um, there are some some juniors in Elijah Harkless and Emoja Gibson, and everyone's got the free transfer all over the country now. So uh, I think everybody is a little unsure as to exactly what they have going into next year until the dust settles. So we'll see. I, I think they've got some really exciting underclassmen pieces to build around and then whatever upperclassmen do decide to return you, um, you know, that's bonus. That's icing on the cake. That's fantastic. And and we'll see if they, they've also got some uh, freshmen coming in there excited about, and I'm sure the transfer transfer portal uh, has been their friend uh, last year, you know, certainly with Gibson and, and Harkless coming from there. So we'll see uh, your your point is well made. Um impossible to kind of speculate right now what this team looks like next year because there's just too much unknown.
4: Yeah. And, and I was it's funny because right before you and I started taping I was at sooner vision and I ran into Theron Smith who had been traveling with the basketball team pretty much what all season long with Theron. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the the cool videos that you see Theron was the the guy behind it and he hit on something that always resonates with me and I don't know why basketball and and football more than any other it's just the suddenness of the end right because even though you look at the bracket and you see there's a one seed waiting you you never know hey that's going to be the last game and when it's over there's just this well I know I I know for you Toby it's on to baseball and for me it's on to softball and, and continue that coverage but there's just this oh huh basketball is over. Well, that stinks. Um, So it's been kind of a weird couple of days for me just to accept that, oh, wow, this uh, incredible roller coaster ride of a season's over, man. I I thought this was a fun year. I had a blast watching this team.
3: It was a really fun year. The run they went on in January was historic in a lot of ways. Uh, The year that Austin Reeves had will grow as years go by, and I'm not sure we fully appreciated it in the moment the numbers that he put up, both scoring, assists, rebounds. He's the first sooner ever to lead his lead uh Oklahoma in points, rebounds, and assists it's in the wild. same year. Uh and then, you know, if if we that is it for Brady Manick, I don't know if it is or not, but just the career that Brady Manic had with his uh two hundred and thirty, I believe, career threes that he ended up with or somewhere in that neighborhood. Um yeah. It was a really fun year. Some great highs, some spectacular finishes. Felt like every game went to the last minute. So uh, it's you know I always talk about the journey yeah. on my radio show, and this season was a an incredible journey for Lon Kruger's crew.
4: Well, I know we've got Sherry Cole coming up. You had a chance to talk to Coach a little bit earlier today, so we've got that coming up. I got Lindsey Elam, but I I mean Tiro, you're going right from the NCAA tournament to you Texas in baseball. How about that? How about that? Yeah. And I know you've called some baseball games already this year, but how about rolling right into baseball season in a, oh, hey, what's up, conference play? What's up, Austin? That's awesome. <laughs> no, this
3: is fun. I can't wait till Friday. Um, Oklahoma's got a game tonight. This is Wednesday yep. down at Texas State, and that won't be easy. Texas State's got a good program. But this weekend they jump into Big 12 play for the first time, And uh, feet feet right into the fire against (laughs) Texas, who is uh, highly ranked, really good pitching staff and and going to be one of the teams that contends for the conference title this year. Texas went to Waco last weekend and opened Big 12 play by taking two of three on the road from Baylor. So they're already kind of underway. But I think you got to love if you're Skip Johnson or a fan of this baseball team. You got to love the way they are playing coming into conference play, and the win over Arkansas really has catapulted this team. It seems because the way they played against Houston was unbelievable, and they outscore them (laughs) thirty-five to three or something crazy like that, thirty-five-five. So uh, they're hitting the ball; they've been doing that all year. The pitching is. Finally looking a little stabilized here, although we'll get a better feel after the Texas series. And uh, I think there's a lot to like. I, I I know it was a slow start, but I think the Arkansas win maybe even convinced them. Certainly convinced a lot of people around the country and, and follow this team, but it might have even convinced them that they are a really good baseball team this year. And, and I can't wait to go down there and uh, experience that uh, atmosphere in Austin.
4: Ten years, man. I, I di- It didn't even <laughs> dawn on me. You too. Yeah. Ten years for you too. Now, now I I was a little bit later. I don't know. I, I don't think that it was until after the spring game that it kind of became. Hey, yeah. this is this is gonna be us. But kind of a wild anniversary, and you got to celebrate it on the road with Joe C. And I mean, dude, you're you're the best. I mean, I you're one of my best friends, but you're also oh, the, one of the best at your jobs. Just. I loved if, if you on his radio show you ran down the top five places where you called again. You had Hinkle Fieldhouse number one, which I thought was cool. I could tell you were digging it there. Whenever <laughs> I saw all the pictures, but man, you've re you've done great things. You kind of reinvented it—the creative writing, the scene setter, all the way we're able to implement our our sponsors. I mean, I just, dude, I've had so much fun. What's this ride been like for you?
3: Oh my gosh. Um I can't believe in some ways that it's been 10 years and in some ways it's hard to remember life before this. (laughs) So it's been incredible and I'm so happy that we've got to spend some of so much of it together, not just in football and and we have a great time in football season and working, uh, you know, kind of hand in glove there doing the football broadcast, but a lot of other stuff that people don't realize that you and I get to do together as far as coordinating broadcast throughout the rest of the year. And and you're one of the biggest reasons that this is such an enjoyable job, but thanks, dude. I mean, we've, uh, we've got a great boss. We are lucky enough that we cover elite programs, not just pretty good elite with, you know, you look at, Oh, you softball for Pete's sake. Like they're, (laughs) they've run they're running out of teams in this country to beat so they've gone to other countries now <laughs> i like that
4: i'm stealing that this <laughs> so, weekend it's uh
3: it's it's the thrill of of my uh career to get to sit in this chair and i hope it continues for many 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 more years to
4: come me too me too and by the way before i say adios we we surpassed a i guess you could say milestone for the pod and again. This podcast is more than just what Toby and I do. We have a lot of of I guess it not would be rebroadcasting or simulcasting things that we do on the TV side and it's worked out real well. But 700 episodes thanks to our friend Hilla Bob. Gorilla. Hilla Gorilla left us a five-star review and pointed out we've surpassed 700 episodes on this podcast too. So uh yeah we'll we'll keep rolling we'll Forget. keep this thing going it's going to be a good time toby i'm glad you got some rest i can't wait to listen to you this weekend we're on our way to ames we've uh we've gassed up with the loves gas cards we got the landers ready to roll let's go baby i uh, have a safe trip to austin and thanks for your time man
3: oh all right we're going in opposite directions That's right. you be safe you be safe chris and i'm sure we'll be chatting this weekend thanks bud
4: thanks toby all right thanks to toby roland and Hilla. thanks for the review five-star review you guys can do it too on iTunes, please, please leave a five-star review. Quick little thought on uh, podcast, suggestions, questions, comments. But appreciate it, Hillett. You're one of my favorites. One of my favorite followers on Insta and on Twitter. Thank you. Thanks to Toby Rowland for his time. In fact, Toby's not done. He's got a one-on-one with Sherry Cole coming up in mere moments. But I got to focus on that softball team, right? So when we come back on the Sooner Sports Podcast, we're going to sit down with Lindsey Elam. But first, a word from the Air Force.
0: It's a calling that's kept us free. It's a place to belong.
4: What's the calling? It's doing a job that makes a difference. Serving your community and your country. It's part-time service where the impact is full-time. What's your calling? Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com All right, let's go. Softballs and aims this weekend. I caught up with Sooner senior catcher, Lindsey Elam. Is pregame for Lindsey Elam about getting fired up and getting uh, jacked up, or is it more about trying to stay calm, cool, and relaxed?
1: Uh, I think there's a couple phases. I feel like early pregame, like many hours before, it's about getting jacked up. But once we actually get in there and uh, start BP and things like that, it's more of stay calm.
4: So yeah. I think we go through maybe both phases. <laughs> how big was this weekend for you, Lindsay? To, uh, and it seems wild because everyone's hitting like 500. It, you're hitting right. over 300. You've had a great start to the season. But how big was it for you to just go out and have that consistency at the plate?
1: Yeah, it was super exciting. Um, I mean, it hasn't really – I've been kind of hit and miss a little bit out there, but just going out there and just trusting the process and having fun, honestly. Like, this team is so much fun. There's really no pressure because we know that if you're not on that day, somebody else is going to be on but just kind of trusting that process and knowing that um, we've been working and I've been working, it was really nice to kind of get that consistent piece back this weekend.
4: Lindsey Elam joins us. Uh, Sooners are off to an incredible start. We're heading for Ames, Iowa this weekend. Where actually, the weather looks like it's going to be okay. Uh, I'm okay in Ames, Iowa terms. But, <laughs> hey, I, I'm curious, the frustration of last year getting shut down because, you know, you think about it, you would hit nine home runs heading into that you were leading the team. You had the walk-off that won the game, uh, and then everything shut down. Lindsay, what was it like to try to maintain that positive momentum through a stretch that you just never knew whenever everything was going to get going again?
1: Right. Um, as a team, it was super motivating just talking with each other during that long period of time that we had no idea what was going on. So that definitely helped just staying connected with the team. But I know personally, it was um, more of a thought process of, okay, you were pretty good, but how good can you get um, type of thing. So I know for me personally, that's what kept me motivated, but also just knowing that you had twenty, twenty-three 23 other players all over the country doing the same thing, just preparing for, we didn't know when, we didn't know a date, we didn't know what was going to happen, but we all knew that we were preparing and we were working hard, so that's super motivating as well.
4: Yeah, uh, Lindsay, I don't know if you know this or not, but I was a catcher, so I have a soft spot <laughs> in my heart. That. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't very good, um, but <laughs> I love it. It's like golf. I'm not very good at it, but I love it. So I'm always fascinated mm-hmm. to, to watch you and to, to kind of study the, the position and the difference from baseball and softball. How, mm-hmm. you, had, you, had you always caught whenever you were coming up through the ranks?
1: Yeah. So I started catching when I was eight. Oh, wow. I actually pitched <laughs> before. So going into 10U, I always played up. I pitched for about a year and then I decided that I absolutely hated that. <laughs> so I wanted to catch. <laughs> so since about eight or nine years old, I have
4: caught the entire time. And just uh, how much then did it help you when you first got to campus to have Leah Wodak here? Who. Uh, she had played a little outfield and hadn't caught her right. freshman year, but to have her and then to have Coach Lombardi, who was a former catcher too, how did they help shape you and prepare you for this uh, this role?
1: It was, it's been amazing just the different influences in the specific catcher position that I've had while being here. I give so much credit to Leah, to Coach Lombardi, to JT, to Coach Rocha, just helping to mold me into the player and the catcher that I am today. Um, I have still such a special relationship with Leah. I talk to her all the time, just check in to see how everything's going. She does the same with me. So um, that catcher bond is super strong, and I know that we will be great friends for a a lifetime because of that bond that we created and just how much she – has helped me as a player and a person to fill this role.
4: So then what has it been like for you to transition? And I know, and when I say this, I know you're constantly always a sponge. You're, you're soaking up as much information as you can. But to become that person that's, that's sharing that information with Kinsey Kelso and, and Kinsey Hanson and for the next generation of catchers, what's that process been like for you? And then in the same vein, you're all in competition with each other. So <laughs> right. how, how, what's that line like to walk? Uh, It's just a super fun process
1: to go through as a whole, just coming in, um, being the sponge, just trying to soak in everything you can, and then growing into the role of getting to then kind of give back to how you were taught. So I feel like that's what makes this program so good is, although we are competing against each other, we all try to help each other get better every single day, and we know that that's going to make us better. We always talk about iron sharpens iron. And that is 100% how this program is. Uh, When you come in as a freshman, the upperclassmen in your position are always trying to feed into you. And then you, in turn, as you're an upperclassman, get to feed into the younger ones. And it's just an ongoing process that I think is super cool. And I think it's one big thing that makes this program so good is because we know that we're competing against each other. But we also know that that's how we're going to make ourselves better is being able to feed into the next generation's and they're going to push us, we're going to push them, and it just makes the practice environment and the whole thing um, just so much fun to be a part of and know that you can feed in and then hope that they will then continue to feed into the younger ones coming next.
4: So I, I love the way you handle this staff and that that collaborative effort with Coach Gasso and, and Jennifer Rocha too. But I the, the circle visits are always curious to me um, like from, from a G perspective. When you go out and you talk to G – is it is it mental to calm down? Is it physical? Hey, I, you're, you're not doing this. Is it different? Or do you have to be funny and make a joke? I, I mean, what is it like? When, and is there a different maybe thought for each of those situations when you're going out?
1: Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, it obviously depends on the situation. But a lot of times with G, if it's just me and her, it's more of like a joke or um, just reminding her who she is and reminding her that we got her um, different things like that. I have never been a catcher to go out there and just rip somebody because I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think that would get a good response, but I, I de- definitely depends on the situation. Sometimes it's a, Hey, let's take a deep breath. Or sometimes I completely leave the game of softball and go somewhere just crazy to get a laugh or something. So I think it's good to be able to do both and just whatever I think, uh, for specifically G whatever she needs at that time, it just depends. But I think it would be funny. We always joke around that we will never get mic'd up because they don't. They don't want to know what <laughs> what is said out there. It might not pertain to softball, or it might not really make sense. But it works for us. That's
4: awesome. <laughs> I, and and I I asked that because I didn't. I don't. I don't know if there has been a bigger moment this season than to see G go to Tempe or. Tucson, wherever we were, mm-hmm. and pitched the way that she did against Arizona State, and she faced some early adversity in that game. Uh, then Shannon came in and shut it down. I just I mean I know you had to go out a couple of times and talk to her and and coach came up, but still, I look back on this season. And I understand that you know we we haven't played the the Arizonas and the UCLAs, and there's no marion Nutter, but I don't know. Lindsay, I look back on that game, and I think that was one of the biggest moments of the season. Do you agree?
1: I 100% agree, and for G specifically, just knowing the past and knowing the history that has gone on, I cannot explain how proud I was of her during that game, Um, just the mental capacity, the effort, the determination, everything that you saw from G, and then going along with that, everything you saw from Shannon, Shannon from... 8 o'clock that morning was her biggest hype man knowing what was going to come that day. And it's just so awesome. I go again, I go on to say again how cool it is to see each person push the others in the same position just because we all knew that was a big day for G. We knew she was going to rise to the challenge. But then you have Shannon literally in her ear every second of that day, just being her hype man and telling her how good she is and telling her how we got her. And then to see Shannon. Come in and close the way she did. It's just amazing, and I'm so proud of both of them. Um, just the things that they do and the things that they do for each other. It's amazing
4: to see. You know, there's there's also the the fun story that uh, because I I miss seeing your dad, and it's just not oh. not having having COVID and having protocols and trying to. Be, but what your family? There is a laundry list of Oklahoma State fans that we're continuing to try to turn here, right? I mean, is
1: oh yeah,
4: is is your dad working on them too?
1: Oh, yeah. So my immediate family, dad, mom, everything like that, We're, we've are we always been big OU fans. But when you extend to the cousins, the aunts, and the uncles, it's predominantly OSU. So we've had to do some uh, pulling of the teeth and twisting of the legs, to <laughs> No, just kidding. They're they're great support. They awesome. we always do the house-divided thing. But, yeah, dad's always working on them. It's always jokes. When there's a new baby in the family, are we going to get them to say, Boomer sooner first or go pokes. <laughs> so I always try to win those battles,
4: but <laughs> uh, Listen, I, I could sit here and talk to you all day, and I know you got stuff to do. so final thought, and I'll let you, I'll let you get out of here. What is it that has made this team find such um, an elite level this early in the season and then in that as a captain, what's your charge to make sure that it doesn't dip and no one is satisfied with where they are?
1: Um, I think the biggest thing is the word you said satisfied. I know last year we were not playing necessarily how we would have hoped to. Uh, We were doing good. Our record wouldn't have showed that, but internally as a team, we were not happy and we did not want that to happen again. And then even going off of the year before, when we went to the world series, um, that is still a taste, a bad taste that we have in our mouth. What happened there um, in the championship series and things like that. So, we just keep that as a reminder that we will not allow. We refuse to have those feelings and have those tastes in our mouth again. And just kind of um, explaining those situations to the young ones who maybe weren't there, or who maybe didn't experience it. Because if you look at our team, there's a lot of people who, um, the Kinsey Hansons, the Riley Boons, you think they're experienced, but they only played five weeks of college softball. I mean, they look very experienced, but just sharing those experiences that we have with them and um, knowing what we need to do, what it looks like to make it to the World Series and to potentially win a national championship, those are the things that we remind each other of every day. We keep each other accountable. We're just all so competitive. It is so much fun being at our practices and the scrimmages we had in the fall and things like that. Those all add into just not being satisfied, like you said, and always continuing to get better. We're definitely not at our peak, and we don't want to be at our peak. So we know that we're fighting to get better every single day when we go out to practice.
4: Just awesome. Just awesome. Put that on a T-shirt and wear it. Lindsay. <laughs> I appreciate your time, man. Uh, safe travels yes. to Ames, and we'll see you up there. Thank you, Chris. All right, we'll see you. That's Lindsay Elam. Right. Man, thanks to Lindsay Elam, the captain. Appreciate her time. The Sooners... Rolled over Team Mexico this week, and here's the schedule for this weekend. So t- Friday, depending on when you consume this, could be tomorrow, could be the next day, regardless. Friday, 4 o'clock, will be on the air The a 345 pregame show, radio only this weekend, but there is an ESPN Plus broadcast of the game. So 4 o'clock on Friday, then we'll play Saturday at 1, Sunday at noon, complete coverage on the Sooner Radio Network, Oklahoma and Iowa State. I looked at the weather forecast, a little dicey on Saturday. Sometimes when we've gone, we've played two games on Friday, and then we'll try to fit that third game in Saturday or Sunday. But it looks like Mother Nature might try to cooperate with this, and we won't have to cram in a doubleheader. But again, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Sooner Softball this weekend. All right, I've saved uh, an incredible conversation for last. Toby Rowland, whom you heard from earlier, sat down with the retiring – Head coach of the University of Oklahoma women's basketball team, Sherry Cole.
3: How've the last few days been for you? Been weird.
4: Um,
2: actually, it's just still been so busy. Um, I'm sure it'll it'll slow to a a crawl in a bit, and it'll feel a little bit different. But, um, yeah, yeah, obviously, uh, life will be a little different.
3: I'm going to ask you some questions you've I'm sure been asked, but I've been running around like crazy, so you
2: sure have
3: (laughs) uh why did you decide now
2: just felt like the perfect time I mean I just I felt it in my bones and in my soul it's 25 years I have a beautiful new grandbaby I want to spend tons of time with there have always been a lot of other things I've wanted to do in addition to being a basketball coach but being the ball coach at the university of Oklahoma is a pretty much 24, seven, 365 gig. So those things, those other passions have just been put on hold. And, um, w- when you choose a thing, tell me, and you know, this, when you choose a thing to throw your whole heart into, you say yes to that, you say no to a lot of other things. That's just the way it goes. If you, if you want to chase something, um, completely. And, and so all those other things have been put on hold and, and, I want to have a chance to to
3: revisit some of those. I want to ask you about those in a second, because that has been the source of great speculation in Indianapolis the last week. (laughs) Your your name has been thrown around a lot uh, up there. But when did you know? When did you, like, was this last week? Was it three months ago? When did you know?
2: You know, I don't think that. Anything is is less relevant than that, truthfully. I know exactly the moment. I will always vividly remember uh, the moment when I knew, Uh, but that's kind of for me.
3: Understood, understood. Um, This year, can you put into words what this year was like as a basketball coach to try to get through, and did that add to the desire to maybe move on?
2: Boy, it'll take me a while to try to put into words what this last year was like for a basketball coach, but if you have the time, I'm willing to talk about it. Um, Uh, I'll start there. You all right if I start there?
3: uh Uh-huh. Go for it. I've got the time. (laughs) The floor is
2: yours. (laughs) Um, It was uh, the most gut-wrenching and simultaneously rewarding thing I've ever – Pushed myself and others through. Um, It was uh, daily this opportunity to do hard things. And daily an opportunity to wake up and say, boy, what I did yesterday was pretty hard. What we collectively did yesterday was pretty hard. And I feel really good about that. Let's go do something else. Every single day there was something that came in through the side door. Every day. Every day. I mean, it could be a little thing. It, it could be a, a huge thing. You just never knew. And developing um, the capacity to handle all of that and, and keep moving is something that our players will never, ever be without. You, when you do hard things, you build a muscle that never leaves you. You get to use it for the rest of your life for a wide variety of things and it serves you well and our team our staff our family got a chance to do that this past year now is it fun when you do it absolutely not I ran the quarter mile in high school and the last hundred yards never ever was anything but horrific ever but when I finished that race I always felt this amazing sense of accomplishment and that's what I felt like this year was like it, it was hard and and gut-wrenching and yet it carved a capacity for joy and fulfillment and peace that you can't get any other way so that's what it was like to be a ball coach this past year um second part of your question what was that mm-hmm.
4: uh, don't remember uh, did that
3: did question. that add to this decision did the year that you went through add to the decision that, you know, I'm tired of this or I don't want to do this anymore. or Maybe that's not even how you felt. I'm ready to retire.
2: No and yes. Maybe yes in an upside-down, backward sort of way because this year had pockets of stillness where I could think about my life and and all the things i want to do i said in my press conference i had this picture in my bathroom for years with an annie dillard quote that said how we spend our days is how we spend our lives and it gave me this past year you know i i I got to see what my house looks like at 10 o'clock in the morning how the (laughs) light comes in the windows i never knew that before i get to walk out in my yard at sunrise and and look at different things and watch the sun come up, and I've never felt closer to God in my entire life than when having the ability to do that every morning. So there were lots of things that made me go, wow, there's, there's a lot of, lot of living outside of this wonderful, magical, amazing thing that I've been able to do for 25 years.
3: Are you willing to share with us what some of those other passions are that you're looking forward to pursuing?
2: Well, I don't think that's much of a secret to anybody. Um, I absolutely have a passion for writing. Uh, I have always wanted to be able to dedicate time to that. And while I've always written, I've never uh, really had time to, to dedicate uh, specifically towards that. Children's, um, the
3: children's book genre is full in this market, all right? I'm just going to warn you right now. You need to go in another direction. I'm
2: just, let me just tell you well, a quick segue here. Uh, the first book that my daughter-in-law read my baby granddaughter uh-huh oh, and no those That's uh, the
1: those
3: oh, oh my gosh the truth you just made my heart no, so i'll clip
1: that for you and send it over thank
3: you, you so much. <laughs> if you could tj can you have that made into a promo by the end of this interview please uh i'm sorry coach i interrupted you go right ahead you want to you want to pursue writing
2: yeah um i love speaking i, I love uh working with with organizations that I believe in, that have my heart, that uh, are, are like the K Y O Foundation. Uh, they, I love the work I've done with Stevenson Cancer Center. Um, there have been so many organizations, too many to to mention. Mary Abbott House, chief among them, in the Norman community. I, I would, I love all of that. Uh, I treasure my my time spent doing that, um, and. I, I shoot, I, I this isn't a job, but I love to garden. I love to landscape. I love. To, maybe it is a job. Maybe it might be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There are just lots and lots of things um, that um, that make my heart sing, and I want to I maybe chase some of them.
3: The Sherry Cole Landscaping Company, TJ, <laughs> becoming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I'll give Coach a call because there's three spots in my backyard that I have no idea what to do with. She's more than welcome to come over and, and fix that area up.
3: All right. You know what I'm going to ask? Uh, Bob Stoops just went to Fox. Everybody thinks you would be, and myself included, an unbelievable in the world of broadcasting. Does that interest you?
2: You know, um, well, I enjoy, obviously, enjoy all kinds of sports and uh, basketball is my passion. Um, I think it's a very difficult, um, I think it's a very difficult transition. I, I say that and I hesitate because I watch people do it all the time. But for a coach, um, to make that move, um, obviously, now that's it sounds like I'm, I'm contradicting myself here, but but stay with me for a second. Mm-hmm. Easy to step over there and talk about what's happening in the game and what you see. I, for me personally, it's it's there's a lot of judgment that goes on, and uh, I'm I'm not sure I'm I'm far enough away from the game uh, to be able to be okay with all of that. Um, it's hard to be in that arena and uh, uh, kids. Oh my goodness! Uh, when I say kids, and I think college athletes are kids. Um, they're, they're still figuring out how to become um, there's there's just it's it's hard, a lot of it's hard and I don't know that
0: I'm ready for that,
2: I might be someday and, and who knows, that that could be a, a possibility down the road but uh, I have mixed emotions about it as you can tell right now
3: In other words there is second guessing of coaching or even judging players' decision making and stuff on the court that you didn't care for so much when you were coaching and you're not sure you want to cross over and, and be a part of that yet.
2: You know, not, not exactly in terms of like, I never heard, you know, never watched or heard broadcasts of my own game. When I'm sitting here watching teams play on TV um, and, and watching um, judgments be made and, and kids be criticized for that it was a terrible shot. You right? mm-hmm. You know, that it's one thing for a a, a coach to, to be in the gym with the kid and say, you know, that's not a great shot. We don't want to take that shot. That's, that's not the right one. And another one, <laughs> it's another thing entirely for someone who doesn't know them at all. It's just, I guess I'm still a little protective of that.
3: Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I think you should garden and write and do all of that. And uh, whenever you decide uh, to be uh, one of the biggest stars in all of basketball, just pick up the phone and call ESPN and you'll be one of the biggest stars in broadcasting. Not that that appeals to you <laughs> at all, but whether it's women's basketball or men's basketball, and that was talked about a lot this weekend because, you know, Debbie Antonelli's up there with CBS and killing it uh, and this she's week. she's
2: doing a great job, by killing the way. Killing
3: it. Oh, she's job. doing a phenomenal job. And I know how much you love men's basketball, too, and watch it all the time. And whatever sure. role you decided to pursue, whether it was a studio or a game analyst or none of the above, but... Uh, I mean, it's just a natural – because you're so good with the media and everything that it's hard not to draw that conclusion. But I also very much like the Sherry Cole landscaping. Well, mm, some. I mean, all right, let's – this is your exit interview, so let's talk about the media around here that you don't like. Go ahead. The floor is (laughs) yours. Everybody's doing their job,
2: Toby. Everybody's Uh, just trying to do their job
1: careful you may be at the top of that list so you might not want to ask that question uh, there have been days
3: trust me there have been days (laughs) we've we've worked together for too long for there not to have been days uh what loaded question and you what are you the proudest of 25 years oh
2: wow who my players have become it's not even not even close i mean there are are Magical moments, and I've enjoyed those deeply and have had a an amazing opportunity to relive so many of those this past week as former players' text pictures or scenarios. Or you remember this, remember when this happened, remember when that happened. Um, that's all been amazing, but hands down, not even close. Um, the The greatest reward is who these players become when they leave here.
3: Do you have an opinion on who should be next? And if so, would you share that with Joe or none of my business?
2: I do not have an opinion on who should be next. That is Joe Castiglione's forte. I started to say it's his happy place. I don't know if it's his happy place, but it's something that I, I think is uh, right in the middle of his wheelhouse, and he does yeah. do maybe as well if not better than anybody in the country, and that is higher head
3: coaches. It is a strength. That's for sure. Uh, well, I mean, you're not going anywhere. You're still going to be around, so we'll still bother you from time to time. But um, thanks for um, all the times you've come on this show. Thanks for being so wonderful to deal with on your coach's show and when we've had the chance to travel and all that kind of stuff. And and I hope you get to spend tons and tons of time with that grandbaby, reading Unhitch the Wagon, gardening, drinking a cup of coffee with the sun coming through the window at 10 in the morning, all that kind of stuff. We wish you nothing but the best coach. You know that.
2: Thank you, Toby. I will, I will indeed miss my conversations with you. I've loved doing the coaches show. Um, the stuff we talk about in between the segments that everybody else gets to see is <laughs> as it's fun as anything. And uh, I have such great respect for how you have always covered our team and our athletes and um, you've done your job, but you've been fair. And I appreciate that so much. If you don't call me um, the day before OU Texas football and ask me about okay. the game and give me, I'm going to be really hurt. I just want you to know that.
3: The deal, it's done. It's you're booked for uh, the Friday before <laughs> OU Texas this this year. Perfect, Coach. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day.
4: Thank you, Toby. Appreciate you so much. Sherry's the best. I can't wait to see what's in the future for her. Thank you guys so much for downloading, subscribing, and listening to the Sooner Sports Podcast. Hey, I've got some football press conferences for everyone on Friday. And then, of course, we'll be back next week with a full schedule, including the Huddle Reloaded, Toby and I with the game plan, and much, much more. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. Please leave a five-star review on iTunes. And until next time, everyone have a great weekend and Boomer Sooner.
3: This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind. Home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards, Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen.
4: The preceding has been a Learfield IMG
3: College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network.